Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hey, welcome back. I am so glad to be here, and I am so glad to wear something really colorful. This is from Betty Ryder Boutique at Preston Center. Thank you, Betty, for allowing me to wear your fabulous clothes. Everyone thinks they're all mine. Not so much, but I get to borrow them. All right, we have an interesting show as always today. Let's just start with um, an interesting reflection I had about the show. You know, first I was a child with parents. Then I was a parent with children. (laughs) And then I was a grandparent with grandchildren. And now I am young, but I'm getting to a different season of life as we all do. And honestly, until I read this book, Wendy, where's the book? Let me borrow that book. I have Wendy Whiteman on the show today who's going to talk about having tough conversations with mom and dad. This is about parenting your parents. And I thought about after reading this, how ill-prepared my husband and I were for our parents in their years of grace, as Wendy so says. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) We've got so much to talk about on that subject. And you're an expert in many things. I want to start with you being an expert in your legal field, because Wendy is with me today as an attorney which I'm going to go back into her years of why she even became one. Now she is the expert in elder care. Her book is called Creative Caregiving and Beyond. So as we get into this, Wendy, and just reflecting on what I started out saying, the stages we go through in life, um, how did you go from being a just a lawyer and attorney and things that I'm going to ask you about with that. But how did you go from that to now doing what you're doing now? Well, I I started my uh, legal career at the uh, district attorney's office. I was a prosecutor, assistant DA. And um, so I went through the ranks and, you know, did the general criminal practice uh, with uh, misdemeanors and felonies, prosecuted those cases. Um, My last uh, several years there, I worked in the, uh, a white collar uh, fraud division, specialized crime. Mm-hmm. And so part of that was benefit fraud. And and I worked with the Medicaid um, uh, lawyers and their legal department and Department of Human Services. And a lot of families got in trouble because they were trying to find ways to get benefits for their families and uh, were given um, ill-advised um, information and got into trouble. So I thought when I went into private practice, I'd help those families, you know, get the benefits they needed, but stay out of trouble. Well, what an expert you are. Listen, if you can trust anyone, a district attorney that did prosecution for criminals and interest, what an interesting <laughs> journey to get into that. I want to go back before we talk about today what you're doing, which okay. we will. But just 
Why did you decide to even be a lawyer? Well, I've, I always had an interest in um, history and in politics. And uh, my parents, when I was very young, they kept clippings for different uh, current events. Both my parents were teachers. And uh, so the Kennedy assassination, the just whatever major events that were going on, they saved those clippings for me. Hmm. And it, it uh, increased my uh, desire to learn more about history. And, and I uh, ended up uh, majoring in political science. And so it was sort of a natural progression from that point. Did you have any idea once you received your law degree, which is not easy, so that tells you a lot about her being bright. Uh, did you have any idea that you would be doing the prosecution work that you did? How did you get into prosecuting criminals? Well, um, no, not at all. I mean, that was really the furthest from my mind. I actually, uh, when I uh, clerked, I clerked at a, a real estate company and everything but criminal law. And uh, and actually, that's probably, you know, not my best grades, probably my worst grade in law school was criminal law. And I ended up doing that. And sometimes life has a funny way of, of putting you where you, you know, you you don't necessarily want to be, but you overcome that, that dread. And so, um, but um, I learned a lot. It was a great training ground for me in many ways. Was there anything funny that happened? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> never a dull moment, never a dull moment at the, at the criminal courthouse, I tell you. So, uh, and that was pretty a, a great way to to deal with, you know, the very serious issues that were there, just to mm -hmm. try to keep uh, keep it light and keep a sense of humor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I do want to fast forward to then getting into doing what you're doing now. Okay. How long ago did you hang up the shingle and say, I am going to be specializing in elder care? How long? It's been about 20 years now. Wow. Yes. Yes. Now, have laws changed in those 20 years? They have. They, they really have, um, especially since we're dealing with the baby boomer generation. And so the laws have had to address, you know, what to do with our huge population growth of uh, individuals who are retiring and um, going into those senior years and people are living longer. So we've had to address many things and it's still evolving. Well, I'd love to know some statistics. This is so new to me, <laughs> and it shouldn't be. We should all be more than prepared, which most aren't. So any statistics about the laws changing or how many people are prepared? Just just tell us in general things we don't know that sure. we don't know. Sure, sure. Well, I would say um, most individuals, I'd probably say, 85% of people are not prepared. 85%? 85%. And that would include attorneys that, you know, have not made um, plans uh, for their senior years because it's just something that most people don't want to talk about. You know, we, we want to talk about planning vacations and weddings and uh, uh, architectural plans to build that dream house, but we don't necessarily want to plan our uh, exit strategy, <laughs> now, so let, to speak. Let me ask you about that. That's yes. really interesting. So for people who are in the approaching senior years, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do you even get your spouse to talk about it? 
You know, it, it's difficult sometimes. And I've had, um, you know, clients, you know, husbands and wives, and one is on board to go ahead and, and do something and put something in, in, play, in place, and the other one is, like, very hesitant. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to, you know, their personality and know and to approach them gently. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wants to be convinced against their will, so to speak. So um, you have to have, you know, very good tact and and sometimes it's some it's by someone or invoking someone in the conversation that they highly respect, uh, or a situation or article or a commentary from someone they highly expect or respect. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, and um, and they will usually take that and and go with it at that point. Well, you hit on a very important word, Wendy: respect and trust. Yes. I'm just thinking about many of my friends who have been the caregivers mm-hmm. and have had to go through what your book is about, which is how to go through having the conversation with mom and dad and what kinds of things you should know and all of that, which I do want you to tell me about. My colleagues and friends who have been caregivers, Wendy, many of them had really no idea either. What's the first step? that someone can take to say, okay, my parents are at a stage where I know I'm going to need to care for them, I'm going to need to guide them, maybe not now, or maybe all of a sudden it is now, which is what happened in our family. What's the first step someone should take to begin the process of becoming a caregiver? Well, I think you, they have to assess the situation, and, and to move forward with that, they need to have a conversation as a family. They need to sit down and um, try to have a, a conversation with all the team members that will be on board. Sometimes that's all the siblings in a situation. Sometimes it's just one person who's a point person, mm-hmm. and and trying to sit down with mom and dad. And I kind of cover that in my book. Um, it's a narrative form where a family's meeting for Thanksgiving. And a lot of families get together for the holidays. They get together over barbecues and um, and they are beginning that conversation because they're, they're noticing some things that are changing with mom and dad. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's a good time to kind of bring it up, but bring it up gently, you know, not shocking them and not bombarding them. And, and so they don't feel defensive mm-hmm. that everybody's ganging up on them. Yeah. And that's what I liked about the book, that it is a it is a story. Yes, yes. It's taking you on the journey. You know, it's not a boring book to read, <laughs> but it surely makes the point of yes. the journey that this family goes on. What would you like to say to the audience about just all of the work? What would you suggest, advise, take it anywhere you want, Wendy? Well, I would say um, just don't be afraid. And that's the biggest part is the fear, the unknown. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of my clients, uh, you know, when they call me, they are very sensitive. They're upset um, and they're afraid and uh, the unknown because they don't know what to do. So I would say, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, There is help and there are resources to guide you. Um, on your next step. And everybody's journey is different, but there are some commonalities that um, uh, that are in books like mine and other resources and some wonderful um, staff, uh, people like social workers that can guide families into uh, their next step. 
Wendy, I just trust you immediately. <laughs> I'll, you'll be the first one to call, and I'll tell all my friends. <laughs> all right, let's go there. So don't be afraid, and yes. it can be very fearful. Mm -hmm. I had one friend who, for example, was put in a position where she had to take care of a mom who unfortunately had dementia and it was getting worse and she couldn't be at home any longer. She had no idea, Wendy, even a facility to call. What? And listen, we both know, we all know that not all facilities are the right facilities. We've heard all these horror stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that something that we can trust you as an example to know for us? Like where to go, Wendy? Well, you know, there are uh, resources out there and I always take a survey from my clients. And if I have a client at a particular facility, I'll have them uh, be a referral for another a reference for another uh, client. And I'll ask them, would you mind speaking to this family? Mm -hmm. Because your mom and dad were there and you know a lot about it. And so they can get firsthand reviews. Um, of how the facility treated their family member. Right. And then there are other organizations as well that go in and they vet independently of uh, the Department of Human Services. They, they vet these particular facilities okay. and um, they can find a good placement as well. Okay. What's the hardest thing about your work? I think that the hardest thing is um, witnessing family members um seeing their 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 loved one their mom or dad deteriorate and that that companionship is not there anymore mm -hmm. they they miss the camaraderie they miss having a conversation or, or getting advice from them mm -hmm. and and that role change from being the uh the child to the uh, uh the parent so to speak of the uh of their their parents and it, it's just very difficult for them i i i can only imagine. We had a neighbor uh, talking about plans, and you said 85% of people have no plan? Yes. An example would be a neighbor where I live who had really very little family. I believe she, she'd never married, and most of her family members were passed. She, and she was about 90-something when, when I met her. Well, she did pass. And she had one relative she hadn't seen in forever. And this relative came to our neighborhood and asked questions like, do you know where, where this woman kept, I'll call her Mary, do you know where Mary kept her, her files? No, I never asked Mary that. <laughs> do you know this? Do you know that? And this poor relative had to go through the house and try to find things. I don't know if she ever did. I don't know what happened to an, to the estate or whether she even had one. Yeah. But that goes to the point of being prepared, yes. being prepared. Um, how do you find out your parents' financial situation? Well, uh, that's part of the conversation as well as you know helping mom and dad get it organized. And you kind of alluded to that as well. You know, um, it's we find all types of things that are that happen, especially when someone is uh, has dementia, Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've heard of people who've hidden things in light sockets, and oh. um, I mean, in the the dryer, their file cabinet is a dryer, and oh. I mean, you name it. And so, you really want to get a jump on that early. You know, with your parents, you know, if you can, and uh, help them get organized and say, you know, I'm just going to be your assistant here and uh, 
and uh, put some files together for you so it'd be easy for you to find things and you can still keep it private that's not a problem i'm not snooping i'm just trying to get you organized mm -hmm. and we'll just have a spring cleaning and um <laughs> that's, that's nice. a that's a great way to get them organized and so people will know where you know, their, their agents that they uh, appoint as power attorney or, or financial or medical, they know where things are. Mm -hmm. yes. My goodness. I always ask, you know, for your lessons learned in the work and life that you've had. Um, let's go to your life that you've had. <laughs> Tell us about your family okay. and how you grew up, whatever you want to share with us about you. Well, I, I grew up, um, I'm a native Dallasite, uh, grew up here, and uh, my, uh, my, both my parents were teachers. They taught in public schools in Dallas. Um, I'm married, I have a, a, for about 32 years now. And um, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I have one son who's in high school, and um, we have a pretty close family. We, we enjoy spending time together, and um, just um, it's been a great time. My mom lives with me. And and she's she's a hoot. I have uh, caregivers around the clock that come in our home, and uh, they have a great time. I call it the sorority house sometimes because Aww. they're they're having such a great time with mom. Well, Wendy, I'd like to talk about that for a moment because what I know, if you're willing to talk about it, is that you and your mom are very close, and that at one point you and your mom had a retail shop and yes. you dressed that's why you look so beautiful oh, you're sweet. today <laughs> she dressed people she had this shop tell us a little bit about that well i, I called it my clothes therapy my mom was uh, some somewhat of a clothes horse and um we just we really enjoyed it we did it for about 20 years and uh, enjoy dressing other people and it was kind of like playing paper dolls but with real people right <laughs> and so we, we dress friends or pastor's wife and just different people and find outfits for special occasions and it was a lot of fun a lot of fun and the day came when the day came when it was just a little bit too much for mom to, to, to navigate mm -hmm. um, and so um, I Pretty, pretty much stalled for a while. I didn't um, do a whole lot. I was just uh, just uh, in limbo for a while. Just I missed her so much um, and doing that with me. And we had so much fun and laughing about it and and just you know planning every uh, season and our orders and uh, analyzing clothes and the, and what would be the you know trends. the trends and and so it took me a while to just come out of that mm -hmm. and and and. Um, and and uh, and kind of grow up, so to speak. It was another level for me to to grow up for you. Yeah, <laughs> yes. change for you. Yes, yes. Were you doing that while you were being a lawyer? I, I was doing that while I was being a lawyer. Multitasker. Yes. yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and so the point that I think the listeners need to know is not only are you well prepared and the expert in all of this, but you're living it. Your mom. Yes. Is with you. She is with constant care. And that says a whole nother level about you, Wendy. I, I started to say I asked for some of the lessons learned that you've had. And you kind of were laughing a minute ago. One of them you said I'd like to ask about, which you said, lighten up and make it fun. What do you yes. do? What do you do at home? I mean, you're you're working every day at home. Your mom is in the other bedroom, whatever, with caregiver. 
How do you lighten up and make it fun, Wendy? Well, we um, I created a playlist, uh, several playlists for my mom using you know technology, uh, Alexa, and so mom has a um, mom's jams, and I put that <laughs> put that together. <laughs> so when her physical therapist comes over, uh, it's it's mom jams time. So um, and playing some of her favorite old songs, or you know. Um, uh, Aretha Franklin respect and they and then we pull out cowboy hats or during Christmas we put on elf hats and just just making it fun for mom to, to exercise and the caregivers love it they just they think it's great so um, just whatever we can do to, to lighten it up to lighten mm -hmm. it up and laugh and it's so and it's been proven that laughter is good for the body the soul it's mm -hmm. it's like healing so um, we uh, uh, trying to we try to do that and keep it light. That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder how many people are doing that. That's great ideas, listeners. If you're in that <laughs> boat of any kind, uh, you've talked about having those conversations and and making them conversations tempered with love. That's important, of course. Plan ahead and do it right. So thank you for that. Do it right. <laughs> um, when you're planning ahead and someone picks up the phone and calls you, Wendy, what's the first thing you say to them on the phone and how to, what leads into uh, a relationship with you? Okay. Um, usually, you know, I, I like to hear all about the family dynamics. Um, what are the relationships? Who's involved? And usually they, they pretty much go on and on because they want someone to listen to. They pretty much have had all of this emotional buildup uh -huh. with most of my clients and they just wanted someone to listen and is this the parents that are talking or the care the children who are going to take care of the parents or both usually it's the children who are going to take care of the parents okay. sometimes i do get the parents mm -hmm. but usually the the children who take care of the parents and so they're they're just trying to be, have someone be a sounding board for them and mm -hmm. uh just to get out every every possible situation that's going on and all the dynamics and they'll say i know i'm telling you way too much and i said no go right ahead because it helps me understand the family and what's important to the family and who are the players and so i, I feel i can do a better plan for them when i understand everything involved yeah. uh listeners people who are watching i don't know if you can see the strong eye contact that wendy has with me but as she's talking those eyes are just, the eyes are even listening. It's amazing. <laughs> Your eyes are even listening. I love that. You also said to me one of the lessons learned that you had is slow down. Yes. You slow down or who slow down? The, the, I would say me and the situation with my mother and if you have a parent because you you're taking on someone else's life mm. in oh. addition to your own life. That's heavy. It is. And I have had, I, this was a hard lesson for me because by nature, I love taking on tasks and then checking them off by the end of the day and said, I did this, did that. My, my husband used to nickname me task mania, like Tasmania <laughs> devil. You're task mania, you know, but I, I met my match when I got to this point in life, really. And so I had to, you know, just uh, step back, reflect, and slow down a bit. And I'm, I really understand the value of that now because you can't really make prudent decisions mm -hmm. when you're just at a frantic pace. You mm -hmm. have to slow down. 
you have to almost get your ear to the ground and get on the 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 uh, a lower level pace and see things from a different perspective. Wendy, that is so hitting all of us that are listening, no matter what position of life we're in. Yes. And I found it to be true too. This whole thing about multitasking and the amount of Zoom calls as a professional <laughs> man or woman that we are on these days. And so slowing down isn't easy. Yes. It's not. How do you do it? Well, um, what I've started doing is making an appointment for myself, you know, because we will oh. pencil in, um, you know, of, of course, with clients and, and things that we have to do, doctor's appointments and all that. But we rarely make an appointment for ourselves and then just keep it. And so that gives you that time in between to just slow down and reflect. Um, because there's there's pressure in life, as you well know. Anyone who's living and breathing knows that there's a lot of pressure. And so sometimes we have to push back pressure mm -hmm. and tell pressure to hold. And I started practicing that and I saw several things that just kind of take care of themselves simply because I didn't just go in and oh, let me fix this, let me fix that, let me fix this. And they mm -hmm. just took care of themselves. That may not happen all the time, but with some things they will. They'll just kind of take care of themselves. And hmm. so when I slow down and just step back from the situation mm -hmm. and ask for help and, and ask for help. Yes, <laughs> that's a big one. Yes. Wendy, that's amazing. Well, as a fellow author, first of all, congratulations on this book. Thank and you. My uh, special guest today, Wendy Whiteman, is going to give away to the first five of you who email me and Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com, email me and just say Wendy. The word is Wendy in the subject line. <laughs> and the first five of you who do that, I will give the emails to Wendy and she will get in touch with you about the book. Um, it is also available everywhere. Where? Yes. Everywhere is where. Yes, it's available on Amazon.com. And in, in bookstores, you can order it, and um, as well as my website at uh, uh, wendywhitemanlaw.com. So, several places. So, you know where you can go for trusted, and, and I mean that, Wendy. Uh, the time comes, when the time comes, you, you'll be the first person I'll call. <laughs> Those you. eyes are listening. <laughs> it's amazing. So, okay, the first five of you email Valerie at valerieandcompany.com, and we'll put you in touch. With Wendy, yes, you can get the book everywhere, but this is one you'll get signed. You see, that's the difference. So, um, Wendy, I want to thank you so much. This was a this was a hard topic, but you've made it real, and you've made it graceful, and you've made it gentle, and you've made it kind of step by step. Okay, I have some sort of an idea of what this is going to be like for me. Well, so thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you for so having much. me. Thank you. It's been a joy. <laughs> and so let me just leave by saying, you know, these are the kinds of things today's conversation and every conversation I have with guests, these are the things that keep me jazzed. Having 25 years and still running my leadership development firm, training and uh, executive coaching on all kinds of leadership issues, 
which for the most part means people skills, actually. How do you motivate the team? How do I stay motivated myself during these COVID times? I had a, a man ask me one time, Valerie, what, <laughs> what do leaders want to be coached on? And my words were, the ocean. <laughs> he just smiled because it's true. We all need an outside person that has a different perspective and can just be there as an outside perspective and, and, uh, and coach. So in my Valerie company, that's what I do, training and executive coaching. I'd love to talk with you if you're looking for someone that you can trust, totally confidential in coaching, or someone that wants you want to come in and help motivate and inspire and share some leadership lessons that I've had over these years, lots of scars on there, to uh, come in and, and do some programs for your company. And so with that, until next time, just stay healthy, slow down, focus, and know that some things will just take care of themselves. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.